All right, get ready, y'all. It's the 9th of February, 2023, for those of you tuning in live. And it's the Sacred Fire of Liberty edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jonathan E. Mord is already on tour. What does that mean? He's out there hitting the streets, hitting the neighborhoods, going where he's got to go to communicate to the people of America how important it is to bring health, freedom, and healing liberty back to this country and to do so via his attempts to run, and he is running, uh, for the United States Senate in Virginia. So we've got more updates from Jonathan on the road as well as uh, a new guest in hour two. We're going to talk about um, cultured oils. You know, this uh, we've talked about omega-3s, uh, different oils, saturated fats, the controversies therein, uh, cultured oils. We're going to talk to uh, Tucker Goodrich about that health topic. And uh, I, again, another aspect of what we were sold lies about in the 20th century about how fat was bad for us. The right kind of fat's essential for life. We'll get to that too. Uh, with that, get ready. We're going to rock the health world as we do each and every week at this point in time and get into economics, politics as well with Jonathan E. Moore. Super Don, let's uh, get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years. We've already created, your help, 800,000 good-paying manufacturing jobs. The fastest growth in 40 years. 30 million workers have to sign non-compete agreements with the jobs they take. 30 million. So a cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just, but they just changed it. We exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Because the soul of this nation is strong, because the backbone of this nation is strong, because the people of this nation are strong, the state of the union is strong. Yeah, I wish the state of the union was strong, but uh, we got some work to do, y'all. And uh, this hour, of course, Jonathan Emord is on, but he's on the road. And so we got him by phone today. And I, I just want to say this, Jonathan, because I know what life is like on the road. And this is just the beginning of a, a not a sprint, but a marathon. Uh, today, in your honor, I went into the, the gym and I did 23 rounds thinking of you going, I've got to, I've got to keep in shape for Jonathan. Cause I don't know if you're able to, to hit the hotel gym or not, but <laughs> I just concerned about you. It's just the beginning. Got to keep you in shape. Well, thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. And I feel the difference. Good. All right. Excellent. Well, I was hoping that would be the case. I know that we've been at, you know, uh, over the years, a number of events together too. And I, and I will head down to the gym and you're usually already on the treadmill doing a run. So I'm, I, I know that if you have the time, you're going to make the time to care for that physical body. That's going to carry you through to the finish line to become the United States Senator from Virginia next uh, to displace and replace uh, Tim King. That's right, Robert. We have to live long and prosper because we're going to bring freedom back. 
So we've got to do it, Robert. Exactly. And the question I have for you is you're out at these events already early on. The response I've heard has been tremendous. They are listening to you and many who maybe have a leaning toward freedom, conservative, constitutional, libertarian ideals. If they haven't heard you, it's probably quite refreshing to hear a health freedom message considering what everybody's been through in terms of the, 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 the government saying, I own you, we own you, and we will force you to take shots. We will prohibit you from taking medicines that will help you. And, and that's opened up people both left, right, and center to a health freedom message that they might not have heard before. Well, the message of freedom is ringing true in the hearts of many people. And we had a magnificent program at uh, the villages. We had a lot of people there and they gave us a really warm welcome and they loved the message. They agree with it and they're dedicated to financially support it and help in any way they can. And that was really wonderful. We had another meeting in a cafe in uh, also in um, the villages area with a bunch of uh, people who are interested in fighting against government overreach and they were quite receptive. They received the message well and they all want to be a part and support the whole movement. So that was fantastic. And then now we are up here in uh, Palm Beach. We're having tonight an event with Bill Falloon on health freedom and it'll be a tremendous opportunity again to explain the abuses of the FDA and the overreach of the government, the CDC, the whole crisis associated with vaccination, the censorship, the abuse of power, the false information coming from Fauci, the whole story will be going over and I'll be presenting it in about 15 minutes. And these people are ready for it. They are anxious to know what happened. They're anxious to understand how we can get back to a country that defends people's rights and freedom of speech that allows for debate and science. And allows medicine to be practiced by people without bureaucratic controls. So we don't want bureaucratic medicine. It's a one-size-fits-all approach that ruins your health and is totally insensitive to your unique physical needs. We need innovation. We need competition. And we need to have uh, freedom of informed choice. And we need independent professional judgment. All of those create a recipe for living long lives healthy lives and receiving the best possible care. Jonathan, none of that was referenced in the state of the union. And I bring that up because exactly what your message is, what our message is here is something that is sorely lacking in the current administration and just no reference to health freedom, bodily autonomy, uh, well, states the, of emergency, yeah. any of that. I mean, the omissions are really quite grotesque when you consider that if you take the things he omitted, which have a dire effect on the country, and include them, then there's no possible way you could ever say that the State of the Union is great. You'd end up uh, having to admit that the State of the Union is really in trouble. So, for example, he didn't mention the six million people that he's allowed to come into this country illegally, and then the, the hundreds of thousands that are coming in illegally every month with no effort on his part whatsoever to stop them. He didn't talk about interdicting fentanyl. He talked about some weird thing that he wants to do to somehow reduce the amount of fentanyl coming in. That is uh, the system he's relying on is broken. He knows that won't work and it's just going to cost more money and not do what is necessary. I mean, 
the border wall is a solution. Remain in Mexico is a solution. Block grants to the, is what I proposed in addition, block grants to the border states to expand National Guard and state police and invocation of Article 1, Section 10, the state uh, uh, self-protection clause, which allows the states to invoke essentially the full breadth of war powers to avoid invasion. So at a minimum, they would be able to arrest, incarcerate, and eject any illegal alien under Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution. I would invoke that and give them the resources to expand National Guard and state police while we build the out to completion the border wall. And then I would have uh, another proposal I have is to have the asylum seekers have to seek asylum through the United States embassies in their countries of origin so that they would not come to the border. The only way you could seek asylum would be through the United States embassy in your country, and then it would be the applications and the evaluations of them would take place at those embassies and not inside the United States. So no longer would we have this people coming in alleging that they are entitled to asylum and then have an indefinite date in the future when they would come before a uh, court, an immigration court, and and plea their, you know, present their case, which of course never happens. They just just enter into the country and disappear. Yeah. And that's uh, what all these things that I suggest that I'll introduce legislation to do would solve this problem. So he didn't even address that, didn't address the balloon, the spy balloon that went across the United States and why he didn't protect our airspace and blow it up over the mm-hmm. islands. I mean, he didn't talk about the future. I mean, it, it's not it's not just China that wants to send stuff into our airspace. There are a whole yeah. bunch of enemies in the United States that want to send. So if you don't say what you're going to do and mm-hmm. make it very clear that you will and then follow through with it, then more things, more forms of espionage more forms of threats to our population are going to come through our airspace. Yeah. Hey, hey, super Don, do you have that, do you have that clip, by the way, I think there was a clip of him being interviewed about the balloon uh, in China. That was very confusing. If we can hear that, uh, maybe we can get uh, Jonathan's reaction to that. Judy Woodruff, PBS asked president Biden this question about the U S and Beijing. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taking a big hit, no. frankly. The idea of shooting down a balloon that's gathering information over America um, and uh, is and that, break, that t- makes relations worse? Look, I made it real clear to Xi Jinping that uh, we're going to compete fully with China, but we're not going to look, we're not looking for conflict. This man has enormous problems enormous he has also great potential what do you what do you say to that response it's kind of confusing to me like what what is, is he does he well, know what the way the chinese interpret that the way that xi jinping and the chinese communist party interprets that is weakness and that's what that is that is weakness you don't convey to your enemy that you're weak you become strong to the point of being strong second to none and you establish very clearly that the United States will protect its interests. And if you send a, 
a drone over our country in the form of a balloon that's drawing intelligence from us. Well, if you if you attempt to do that, it'll be obliterated. Uh, you know what the Chinese would have done? They would have blown it up before it even reached their shores. I mean, the idea that uh, he says that he this doesn't change the relationship with China. Well, of course it does. It, aff it affirms China's aggression. It shows that China is an enemy of the United States that wants to intimidate our country by showing the population that it's engaged in espionage and showing how weak Biden is that he won't even shoot it down. It was a trial balloon. They didn't know whether or not once NORAD informed the president that there was this uh, balloon heading over the Aleutian Islands from China. I mean, the immediate response would have been shoot it down then. I mean, what are you talking about? Allow this to go across Canada and the United States, across the United States, all the way out to the ocean after South Carolina. I mean, are you insane? Yeah, well, I guess he is. Yeah. It's nuts to, to, to send China that message. And to do that um, in the face of the overall aggressive posture of China is just nutty. I mean, you're asking for trouble. We want a president who's strong in the face of our enemies, obviously. We don't want a commander in chief who says, well, you know, he might be a nice guy. Oh, he blows up something that we'd like. Well, that's too bad. Sends a balloon over. Oh, you know, it's a, yeah. a spy balloon. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, uh, hello. Hello, G. How are you doing? Are, are you feeling good today? Did you get my present? Did you get, did you get those chocolates I sent over to you? Are you feeling yeah, those are. Now, yeah. yeah. And you know how, you know, I, I, I and, uh, I, I know we, we have a little competition, you know, but let's just be friends. I appreciate all the money that you gave to Hunter and I it put Ooh, it went yeah. into our joint right. bank account and you paid my, you helped pay my, uh, you helped pay my mortgage. I appreciate that. So let's be friends. I mean, that was friendly. I like that. So maybe he interpreted I mean, what, as a, that's, a that's what that conveys to me. It conveys, <laughs> it conveys to me a person who has, who has divided interests mm -hmm. who on the one hand wants to support Xi Jinping. Why? And on the other hand, he wants to suggest that uh, we're competitors, but we're not enemies. We are enemies. I mean, let's face it. They want to destroy our country. It's not, it's, it's not a secret. They advertise that every day in their own publications. Yeah. They hate the United States. They think of us as an enemy that has to be destroyed. They view well, us in the same, you know, our, the our same vein as they do Taiwan, actually. Yeah. Our um, economic weakness is not something that they're looking to, uh, you know, prop up. They would, they would look to exploit it. And, of course, our naivete in terms of how uh, the economy is run or works is something that seemingly still very prevalent in uh, the Democratic-controlled Biden administration. The idea that and, and here's where I, I see you as a voice of reason and constitutionality, Jonathan, because, you know, we've known between Democrat and Republican administrations, the debt has gone up and up and up. The reliance on the Federal Reserve to flood money into the economy, ultimately inflating the money supply and, and weakening its purchasing power is not helpful for most people, except for right. those who touch the government, money. First. I mean, government intervention is a history of disaster from the beginning of the, of the world. Wherever government operates, it operates to the detriment of individual liberty and, and free enterprise. That's why government is best which governs least. And th that adage is a truism that applies really for all time. But some people have argued, well, let's just make government more efficient. Are you serious? 
do you want bureaucrats to be more efficient at ravaging your businesses and taking money away from you and diminishing free enterprise in this country? We don't want more efficient government. We want less government. Yeah. And Biden, you know, another thing he omitted entirely from his talk, no wonder why, is the rampant inflation and the rampant gas prices and the violation of parents' rights in the schools. And, you know, these things are what matter to people. They want the parents, we want parents' rights to be protected and honored against uh, schools that are trying to indoctrinate and transition kids. We want to end that. I would introduce legislation that would make it illegal in the United States, a felony of, on the federal level, to uh, to transition kids before the age of 18. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to tra- you wouldn't be able to aid or um, uh, cause the transitioning of a child. It's child abuse. And in the same vein, you would protect parents' rights to have their kids educated. They don't want their kids indoctrinated with mm-hmm. Marxist critical race theory. They don't want racism taught to their kids. So this would be enforced under the 14th Amendment. 14th Amendment prohibits that type of uh, denial of equal protection of the law, Mm -hmm. segregation based on race and and uh, stigmatizing kids based on the color of their skin. So Mm -hmm. we would eliminate that by defunding every school. No school would receive any federal funding that engaged in that type of activity, and we would audit the schools yeah. to determine which ones actually did do that. I, I think this is responsible. He didn't even address it because he doesn't care. He's fully endorsing his, yeah, his so. Department yeah. of Education is pushing the trans agenda in the schools. So is so is Kane, uh, yeah. my opponent. So. <laughs> Yeah, if you're no. joining us uh, no. just now, just want to let everybody know that's just joining us a little late. Uh, Jonathan E. Mord is here as he is each and every week doing the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour. And right now he's on the road. That's why we have him by phone today. Normally have a, a nice video interface, but you can hear him clearly, which is great. Uh, and the clarity of his message is terrific. And I think uh, as you share uh, the website, emord4va, emord4forva.com, um, even if you're not in Virginia to support this man and his efforts to go in there and uh, bring the constitution back. And I, you know, I think about some of the the subjects that cannot be discussed, right? These third rail subjects, you know, often you talk about social security was a third rail. I talked controversially, not that I think it's a controversy, except that uh, you can't speak about it openly is that vaccination is considered a third rail of medical politics. Although now because of what they did under COVID, many physicians have woken up and said, Hey man, the CDC was really wrong. The FDA has been really wrong and lied to us about things. I got to look back and say what I thought was correct might not be. And maybe those natural doctors were speaking out, not of turn, but incorrect. they were actually correct. And yes, it's controversial because most people haven't heard it. But if we go to something well, like that's another like, thing he didn't yeah. address. Yeah, that's another great big issue that he didn't address is health freedom and mm-hmm. the reality that his administration is still compelling people to be vaccinated, still forcing people out of government service for not being vaccinated. And the, the, the problem here, of course, is that there ought not be any mandates for vaccination in this country. They ought not have the vaccine schedule for kids in schools. The, the freedom of choice, freedom of informed choice, is as much a constitutional right under the First Amendment for the American people as the right to speak. I mean, if you cannot have bodily autonomy and protection of your liberty rights against the government forcing you to be vaccinated, you really don't have any rights at all. That you've got to, we have to recognize 
that mandatory vaccination is totally unacceptable under any circumstances. The people need the freedom to choose. If you want someone to be vaccinated, big government, then tell them why and let them decide because the people are sovereign in this country. The government is supposed to be their servant. If the government can commandeer your body and compel you to receive inoculations of one kind or another, you don't have any freedom at all. And when it comes to your kids, my goodness, if your kids can't go to school without constantly being uh, uh, required to be vaccinated and without, I mean, many instances in California, there have been several instances where kids have been forced to be vaccinated. Their parents haven't even uh, consented to it, weren't even informed. Yeah. And, What's you know, the, what, it's, it's, it's a bad, it's a bad situation. It's, it's getting horrible worse. What's the con- Jonathan, is there a constitutional basis for a federal, let's say, a schedule like this where they dictate to the states and the schools all over the country, you must have these kids shot up with these various things, completely denying you know, an individual assessment by a physician and or the, the doctor that, that a parent might choose as opposed to having this. No, it, it invades that doctor-patient relationship, which we absolutely have to protect. Doctors need not, they shouldn't be bureaucratized so that they fear that if they give their independent professional uh, judgment and advice and, and prescriptions and recommendations that they'll be second guessed by Medicare or by Medicare carriers, the insurance companies, or by their medical boards. We need freedom uh, to reign here. If there's a doctor abusing you, there are criminal laws that can be applied against them. There's civil laws that you can bring against them. What we don't need is a orthodoxy established in medicine by government. And that's what we have. We have mediocre care. Look, we spend more money than any other country on medicine, and we don't have the longest survival rates. We're way down on the list of survival rates. We have more problems associated with with getting good medical care in this country, and it's all because the price is jacked up by government. It's inflated, and we don't. And we use we use licensing laws to so restrict who can provide information. To people, and we so heavily regulate the marketplace through the FDA of health information germane to dietary supplements and and foods that people just are are clueless oftentimes at the point of sale about mm-hmm. what product to buy to enhance their health or what product to avoid that might hurt their health. I mean, the facts fact of the matter is. If we had a free, wide open, robust debate, we relied on freedom of informed choice, we relied on pursuit of self-interest, and we had a patient-centric medical profession instead of a bureaucratic-centric one, where a doctor doesn't have to constantly wonder uh, what the Medicare carrier is going to say about his prescription or advice, and a medical board going after him if if he recommends something that is not in the mainstream. We'd have we'd have a wonderful environment where a lot more people would receive care at affordable prices. There'd be a lot more competition. Yeah. And you can always go after the frauds. The law prohibits fraud. You can prosecute people of fraud. What we have now is government sponsored fraud. I mean, you got government approving drugs that are yanked out of the marketplace after they've been found to actually increase the risk of harm to people vastly in excess yeah. of any potential benefit. And, you know, you have uh, 
Dr. David Graham years ago, the associate director of the FDA Office of Drug Safety, confessing to Congress that the public is virtually defenseless because the FDA so caters to the drug industry that it yeah. approves drug after drug after drug that causes yeah. injury. And what look the, at Vioxx example, for example. Yeah. Jonathan, what of the many people and good companies, the people in those companies that are innovating and providing safer natural options, whether they be considered drugs, dietary supplements, herbs, anything like that, uh, how much can we attribute the disaster that is what we call modern medicine healthcare as in a monopoly system uh, to the attacks on uh, on those good people and good companies trying to innovate in a system that has stacked the deck against them for any kind of innovation to even right. occur? Yeah, innovation is really largely shut down in medicine in the United States. If you don't have a billion dollars, and I said that, a billion dollars, there's, there's no way you can get through the FDA's hoops for drug approval. And if you don't have an inside link to the FDA, you're not going to get it anyway. So the reality is you end up with only the big guys playing that game. And as a result, we have a lot less innovation. And we could really, if we if we had the kind of innovation that a free market in medicine would give us, we would have solved this problem with uh, the pandemic. And, and we would have done so by a combination of early treatments and, and, and uh, preventive strategies that would have boosted people's immune systems. I mean, at the start of this whole thing, the FDA and FTC sent companies around the country that sell dietary supplements and other foods, uh, uh, ingredients that have therapeutic effects that they know. Uh, they sent them letters that said, don't you dare, essentially said, don't you dare tell your customers that this could help bolster their immune system and, and help prevent COVID. Really? You really? You're going to deprive the American people of that information? and induce a whole country to be more at risk of getting COVID and more severe COVID. I mean, if everybody had optimum health in this country, everybody worked to try to improve their immune systems in advance of this. If we had a national initiative where the government allowed an open debate about this, about how best to uh, improve your immune system and people began that movement, I'm mm -hmm. sure we would have had a lot less death. Yeah, and, if, and in any event, we would have a lot less severe disease. But no, when you yeah. just start the whole thing, the only mantra is vaccinate, vaccinate, vaccinate. And then you also say, oh, if you come into the hospital, there's basically nothing we can do for you. We'll put you on a mm. ventilator if things get worse. Um, mm. And the ventilator helps kill you. In addition I mean, this to is, drugs this is that not, they, they promoted that were in yeah. opposition to many of the physicians out there saying, no, 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 we do have older drugs, very inexpensive drugs that are antiparasitic in nature, yet they have great success against whatever COVID uh, manifested as. Uh, by the way, for and, those- And if we had an open, I mean, here's the thing. Okay, you know what? We don't have a, uh, a perfect shot for at the start of the pandemic. We don't, have any, we don't have a perfect shot for this. We don't have a perfect solution of, mm -hmm. of silver bullet. We don't have that. And a frank admission of that with doctors saying, we're going to do the best we can. And, and then people coming in, each person is different. Each person has a different physical state. Yeah. As a result, they need tailored treatment that goes directly for them. And that was understood at the start that we're going to use medicine, the practice of medicine. We're not going to have a bureaucratized system to force down your throat one solution. When you have unique needs and interests and, and, and healthcare, uh, health uh, concerns, we would bring people in and we would start preparing them best, they, uh, best uh, practitioners could mm -hmm. uh, to ex have a whole host of things to do to help 
protect themselves. And the effect of that would have been to save lives. Instead, we took this peculiar anti-American bureaucratized approach that that said, we're going to dictate to you how many, you know, you cannot go outside of your house. You cannot go to a place of worship. You cannot congregate. Mm-hmm. You cannot be within six feet of another person. You have to wear a mask. You have to be vaccinated. And it, treating us like we're idiots, yeah. just like we're, we're there to be pushed around and coerced. And they did that. Mm-hmm. And the effect of it was virtually nil. I mean, how are they going to prove that they saved lives with a vaccine that you can get vaccinated and still get the disease when you can be vaccinated and still carry the disease and give it to everybody else? When staying inside was shown to be vastly more capable of transmitting the disease because the integrity of the virus was not degra- uh, degraded by wind and UV radiation, mm-hmm. um, how is it they're going to convince us that what they did to us in ruining our jobs and destroying so many restaurants and destroying people's employment, uh, causing doctors and nurses and policemen and firemen and people in the military to be pushed out of the, the those institutions, all of them being suffering immensely and their families suffering and all the child suicides. How are you going to rank that up there and say, well, look, that was necessary because look at the great benefits on the other side of the ledger. Okay. Where are those benefits? Yeah. 80% of the American population got COVID and that's where we got our immune protection. We didn't get it from the vaccines. No, they, they, they spent trillions developing the vaccines, enriching wildly some of the biggest uh, pharmaceutical concerns in the nation. All at our expense. And, and, And what did they do to us? Okay. And what about all the adverse effects of the vaccine? I mean, the whole thing is proof positive that when you have a government top down approach, instead of allowing innovation, freedom, freedom of choice, you end up bollocksing the whole thing up. You end up with a situation where people are victims of government and the virus. We could have just been victims of a virus that we dealt with, with freedom and with choice and with yeah. physicians doing everything they possibly could uh, to innovatively treat people. I know that you're, you know, again, on the road here in the early phases of the campaign to become a United States Senator from Virginia, defeat Tim Kaine. And I think that many of these candidates, even if they're in office right now, they're going to have a difficult time trying to run from their record of support of all of the failures of the COVID years that we've been through. They And Tim Kaine, as you point out, has also been in favor of uh, the, you know, the, the, the jab, the forced jab, the, the mask mandates on and on it goes. And that's not a popular position, even for many, many of those that have traditionally voted Democrat. So I imagine that you're going to encounter a lot of people that are not traditional Republican voters, but I don't think you're a traditional Republican in the sense that you are not an establishment guy. You're a constitutional guy. You believe in the freedom. You believe in the freedom for everybody. Self-determination. This is not about, you know, one group of people it's about all of us as Americans, you know, establishing the freedom and protecting the freedom for each other. And I think that's a message, as I said, that brings us together, not divides us like uh, what Biden is doing. Yeah, uh, it's it's a real tragedy to have people like Tim Kaine, who's the uh, senator from 
uh, Virginia presently, who I'm going to replace. It's a big problem when you have someone like Kane who follows the dictates of his party to a T, does exactly what the Biden administration wants of him, follows Chuck Schumer like a lapdog, and does exactly what is expected of him, even when it harms his own constituents. So he voted that he hasn't seen a trillion dollar plus bill that he hasn't voted in favor of. He is the cause of the inflation. He helped cause it. He has done nothing to stop the inflation, to stop the high gas prices. In fact, he has allowed Biden's agenda to completely destroy oil and gas, to cater to the far left climate change agenda of destroying the fossil fuel industry in the United States, which is the backbone of the economy. He has done nothing to stand in the way of that at all. There are 125,000 energy jobs in Virginia that are going to be lost as a result of the implementation of these severe restrictions. He's done absolutely nothing to protect kids' rights and parents' rights in schools. In fact, he's done the opposite. He's favored transitioning. He defends youth transitioning. He favors CRT. He believes in the Marxist doctrine of CRT uh, and race racism to counter racism. He believes in that. The idiotic notion of Ibram Kendi that you, there should be racism to fight racism. No, there ought to be no racism tolerated at all. And so it, this is a person who's all in for the, that party, for the party position, and not all in for Virginia. He's hurting Virginians. They just need to understand that the average person in the, this country is hurting because of Tim Kaine. Mm-hmm. In Virginia, the average person has lost $4,000 plus in spending power because of the inflation that has been wrought from this excessive, grotesque government spending and expansion of this welfare uh, far-left agenda on mm-hmm. climate change and on uh, social reengineering. Yeah. And and then in addition, I mean, in addition to that, it's the gas prices. But in addition to that, it's the schools. But in addition to that, as if that weren't uh, uh, horrible enough, he's absolutely done nothing to stop the border crisis and the fentanyl pouring into Virginia. He's not standing up to protect our own borders, our own national security. Well, and he can't even pronounce He's, he's done nothing to stop it. Super and, I mean, with Afghanistan. For the national, for the national, 130,000 on the fentanyl side, by the way, 130,000 deaths last year because of the fentanyl coming over the border. And people like Kane just stand in lockstep with the party, does absolutely nothing to criticize his president or fight for the American people or his own state. To, oh, 2,000 plus people died of fentanyl doses in Virginia last year. I mean, this is just outrageous, but he does absolutely nothing, just sits there. He's he's done more sitting and and less acting mm-hmm. than virtually any other senator in the United States Senate. You know, he's not a person who writes bills. He just votes for the ones the party has him vote for. Yeah, has him they tell him what to do and he does it. Now we need we, we need fitness and we need constitutional fitness. Jonathan, uh, in relation to uh the race issue as we our young people are being taught in many of these uh government indoctrination centers aka public, public schools about uh you know a racial divide that should be made even more divisive 
by teaching them that they're either victims or oppressors. And now Disney has picked up on that as well in terms of its woke uh, reboot of a, a, I I don't know what this show is, Super Don, if you know what it is, but I think we have a clip here talking about what they're teaching kids uh, here. Uh, I don't know. Play this clip, Super Don. I want to hear it too. In the meantime, Disney getting a lot of criticism for its reboot of The Proud Family. Here's a clip. Slaves built this country And we, the descendants of slaves in America Have earned reparations for their suffering And continue to earn reparations Every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice Racism and white supremacy That America was founded with And still has not atoned for Wow That's much different than the He-Man cartoon that I watched growing up Uh, What's your reaction to that CRT cartoon, Stacey? Okay, so we grew up watching Sesame Street and He-Man and other cartoons like that, right, Todd? So we were busy thinking about how we could, you know, have superpowers and do amazing things. And these kids are being taught that they need to look at each other by the color of their skin. Jonathan, again, the indoctrination of children that would not normally have a, a prejudiced, much less racist bone in their body being programmed in hatred based on, yes, historical wrongs that we acknowledge existed. But how do we get beyond that is not by fomenting that kind of uh, anger and hatred again in generations that would never know it other than reading about it in history, but not to relive it. It just seems so bizarre. Government policy that divides people on race is unconstitutional and rightly so under the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause. Stigmatizing one race or another with characteristics that are generally globbed together to create a negative impression is racism. Using racism to fight racism is about as commonsensical as using a bullet pulled pulled the, the, the trigger to your head to eliminate brain cancer. The, the point is you've got to defend a society in which all are treated equally as Americans, equal justice under law, equal treatment by the government. And so asking for reparations of people who never enslaved anyone by people who were not enslaved by anyone um, and vice versa is, is ridiculous. I mean, it's just a redistribution program. It really is just Marxism. And when it comes to children, These are precious people who are our future. They are beautiful, innocent children. They don't need to be sexualized. They don't need to be told that they need to change their birth gender. They don't need to be told that pronouns other than what match their birth gender are appropriate for them. They don't need that confusion put upon them. And they certainly don't need to be told that something is superficial as the pigment of your skin is a defining characteristic of who you are because that's a lie. That is a lie. And all of this is a distortion and a lie. And we, what do we want our children to be lied to? We want educators, people that they're supposed to respect to teach them lies. We want a Biden administration operating over our children where every day the teacher comes out as Joe Biden and lies. I mean, the reality is the harms caused by this, the psychological damage caused, and and for those who believe it, they learn to hate. 
We're teaching them to hate other kids. We're teaching them to hate their parents. We're teaching them to hate themselves. We're teaching them to hate their country. We're teaching them to hate free enterprise. We're teaching them to hate everything that they will have to learn to love if they're going to help all of us raise the standard of living, make America the greatest it can be. So if you want to destroy the country, they're doing it. And if you want to follow that path of division, of hatred, of race baiting, of making kids focus on superficial things like skin color rather than on virtue and on good character and on treatment of others as you would treat have them treat you and being just and setting a good example. I would rather have excellence inspired of our children mm-hmm. because I want them to lead. Yeah. I don't want them to be well on a, in a welfare state no, where Jonathan, all of them just accept whatever the government crumbs come down the pipe. You it, look, look at Venezuela. That's what you get. Rampant this, inflation, total government control. That's why these people advocate this. Well, they this think is, they're going to be in control. This is what happens when we don't teach history, when we erase history, and then we teach it in such a way as to victimize people because there's no cause and effect. There's no explanation for why things happen in history. I'm not opposed to having absolute great discussions on, on the historical facts and realities of our country, good, bad, and ugly including that history of slavery. But recognizing slavery pre-existed the United States. It exists in some places even right. today. Of course. It's and, an, and, and rather that, you know, the academic institution from grade school forward is supposed to be one that inspires independent thinking, that enables uh, viewpoints to be expressed without the horror of being condemned because you share a view that is antithetical to the orthodoxy that the teacher is trying or, to or genetic lineage i mean you're you're guilty just because of a pigment no that's not right and also if right. we ta- taught economics I mean, this is what this is what happened in the cultural revolution this is what happened in the this is this is uh express maoism marxism communism when you when you have a class and you say all right all of the white children i have a question for you when you come into the room and the children of color are here what do you think children of color think of you? Okay, what are we doing? That is the road to ruin. Yeah. Jonathan, I want to I mean, bring that's up- the path that you take when you want to when you want to destroy kids. Yeah. That's but what wanna- you do. Rather than have them forget about race and focus mm-hmm. instead on what's important. But also the economics of slavery and the history of slavery. It's it's an economic system. People don't understand that when we talk about even Marxism and socialism and collectivism. These are all ways to well, gain they also don't, they dominance. Don't them. You know what I'm talking about, Jonathan? Economic dominance over certain people via claiming that they will be uplifted by a collectivism approach, and they end up robbing them of their humanity and their ability to excel and, and, and bring all of their gifts to whatever table they're bringing it to to do extraordinary things, right. which in freedom we can do, but we can't do it in economic the, slavery. The truth, by is, <clears throat> the truth is at the time slavery was introduced here, not by the founding fathers, but by George III, when slavery was introduced into this country, slavery was a worldwide phenomena, and there were white slaves in the Middle East, 
there were black slaves coming into our country, but there were also white slaves. That when in March of 1619, 20 black slaves, excuse me, in the Easter of 1619, 20 black slaves came to the Jamestown colony. Four months before, 100 white slaves came. They were all indentured servants, but they were treated like slaves. And, and months after, and years after, um, the 20 black slaves arrived, there were far more white slaves brought to the Jamestown colony. So you see, slavery is evil. And slavery has been visited upon not just one race. And slavery is unquestionably horrible and is a, a terrible thing. And without question, no one should be ever treated differently under the law or among our people based on their pigment. That's unquestionably true. And what they're doing instead is what slavery was all about. They're recreating slavery in the schools. They're doing that by stigmatizing people based on race. They're causing kids to treat one another differently based on their race and to mistreat children of one race or another or to look down on children of one race. I mean, if I were a parent of a child of color, I would be so appalled if my child came home and told me that he was taught he was a victim and that no matter what he did in his life, he couldn't succeed because America is systemically racist. Are you kidding me? I'd be telling my son or daughter, you know what? You can achieve anything in America. You can overcome every obstacle. If there's a racist, let's go after them. Let's overcome that. Let's, let's make sure that we establish without question in all of our kids that they are the future and they will decide their future and they will be leaders. And as long as they are free, they can, they can achieve. As long as we are free, we can achieve. What they're trying to do is enslave us to a culture that causes us to be government dependents. Mm -hmm. And that now causes goes, us to revolt against all the sources of wealth and the future, the promise for our kids. So everyone's got to wake up and realize, and I think many people are, I think many in Virginia certainly are because of Loudoun County and Fairfax County parents. They have got to realize that unless we root this out of the schools, this Marxism and this whole focus on race and this whole ridiculous emphasis on trying to tell our kids that they can change their genders, that if they don't, if we don't root this out, that we are going to witness the destruction of generations. Because this is a horrible thing to erode away hopes and dreams, to make our children feel as though they're victims or that they're oppressors or that they have to uh, re-establish re, uh, the whole country by tearing down every institution that is responsible for the lives they live and the wealth that they are able to enjoy in life and the, and the opportunities. I mean, if you end up with just government and you have a socialist state and that government is dictating to you how you live, you are enslaved mm -hmm. and you are as poor and as in a, as wretched a condition as any other slave that has lived on this earth. What they're substituting for under this false doctrine is mm -hmm. government enslavement of the population for 
the prior history of slavery? That's not an answer. That's just as bad of an answer as racism is a tre- is a way to treat racism, is a way to oh. extinguish racism. You don't extinguish racism of the past with modern racism. That's ridiculous. Well, That's Ibram we, Kendi. Yeah, Jonathan, we've seen that the uh, claims of ownership, and this, again, this is about people claim that they could own other people. Uh, this is something that we've seen that goes and transcends race in the COVID era when the medical industrial complex captures our government and its agencies and many of the individuals who have been promoting an agenda of mandatory vaccination or prohibition of freedom of choice between doctors, patients on care and treatment in this in this regard or other. It is tantamount, again, if you define slavery as humans owning other humans and to being able to direct them and control them because their bodily autonomy is now up to you, not them. That's why, even though it may be offensive to some to hear this discussion, it must be discussed to recognize that the expansion of the term slavery is going beyond race and pigment and into medical claims of ownership over certain humans or all humans in a system. And right now, if the World Economic Forum, the WHO, the CDC, the FDA, the Fauci's of the world, the Rochelle Walensky's at CDC, if they had their way throughout the COVID thing, you did no, you no longer had bodily autonomy. And for those of you who claimed it, you were derided, you were denigrated, you were accused of crimes, of breathing uh, without a mask, of killing people. No way that they could ever prove it or disprove it. It's like an unprovable assertion, except it's absurd. And so this discussion of the S word being slavery, again, for some, it's very offensive in terms of their view that it's always been a racial issue, but it's an economic issue. And big pharma wants to own and control everybody, regardless of your racial status, religious belief, et cetera. And that is plain wrong and evil from the word go. Now, Jonathan, there's an upcoming event that we participated in. I understand Julie Whitman Klein from Trinity School said you even submitted another presentation for this a virtual Trinity Health Freedom Expo. Is that correct? Well, that's right. On uh, Monday, actually, they're recording. Uh, I understand they're recording another um, segment that will be added to the Health Freedom Expo. So that'll be great to be able to do that. And I think a lot of people are just going to love the prior presentations if they didn't have a chance to see them. It was mm-hmm. an extraordinary event. There are some really great speakers, a lot of fa- powerful information, and certainly information that pertains to their health that they would receive nowhere else. And that, that's just, um, that's Julie Klein-Whitman's history. Yeah. I mean, she's a fantastic advocate mm-hmm. of the voice of the voiceless, previously the ones who have not been able to communicate because they have not been allowed to present alternative views of what is your what is the best way to treat you and so on that it's been snuffed out of the marketplace and censored and julie is really one of the greatest defenders of the voice of those who cannot communicate otherwise Mm -hmm. and allowing that to be presented and we're not talking about uh, people without experience background and integrity uh, we're talking about people with experience and background integrity because it matches her own. I mean, yeah. Julie is a person of great honesty. She is a person of faith. And she is a person who, in the last thing in the world she would ever want to do, is mislead or abuse anyone. She's a wonderful yeah. human being. So she's put this together in the legacy of her father, who he likewise was a great, great mm-hmm. man who did this t- sort of work, as well as numerous other. Uh, charitable and beneficial things that he did in his whole life. Um, 
so yeah, it's a great privilege to be a part of it. Yeah, y'all check it out. February 18th and 19th coming up, and that's the virtual expo. You can watch on your computer or through the Whova app. Only 30 bucks gets you three months of access, including to Jonathan's presentations. We had a health freedom panel, and there's going to be two live panels through this virtual expo that I'll be moderating, one on the state of cannabis and medicine as healthcare, as well as uh, Trinity uh, uh all the teachers, the the instructors are going to have a panel discussion and you guys can plug into that too. I'll be moderating that. And between, if I can say, before and after, on February 18th, a major event in Glendale, California, Los Angeles area. I'd love for you to be there. If you go to emord4va.com, you could see the upcoming event schedule. I will actually be at that one helping out in any way I can, Jonathan, to reach the, the folks that need to hear this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, as well as uh, March 6th, there'll be an event in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, a number of people are helping to support that, I think, including my friend, Dr. Jack Wolfson and his family. He's a cardiologist. He's brilliant, and he totally gets the freedom message and others there, and that will be in Arizona coming up after the Super Bowl and all that have gone, so it'll be a wonderful time to be together. And tonight, West Palm Beach uh, Bill Falloon is hosting a health freedom event in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Jonathan is uh, going to be key to that as well. If you're in the West Palm Beach area and you want to check it out, emord4va.com. There's a whole lot of other events. I'm going to be at as many as I can, Jonathan. You know, it's going to be just a, 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 a not a sprint, but a, but a marathon. And then there'll be a three a city tour coming up, I think, late in March uh, that I'll plan to be there with you to do whatever I can to help as well. Well, that's fantastic, Robert. It is a campaign to save America. It's a campaign to save Virginia. It's a campaign to save America. And uh, there's a perfect overlap of the issues, uh, actually, of course, between what is happening in Virginia to the American people and what's happening nationwide. So these this campaign truly is national in scope and has a national impact. And that's why there will be considerable attention paid in 2024 on this election in Virginia as Tim Kaine, heir apparent to the legacy of Hillary Clinton, uh, comes up against Jonathan Emord. And we ask ourselves, uh, will freedom reign or will tyranny? And that's really the division. If you ask yourself, what is this about? This is about the future of America. Will America be a free country or will America be a tyrannical state? a expanded bureaucracy that is following a Marxist plan of action. And that's what we're, we're looking at. We have a very limited window to stop what is happening because it is proceeding apace at such a rapid rate. I mean, when you spend in one year $11 trillion pumping that into the economy, bringing about inflation, raising gas prices by destroying the fossil fuel backbone of the country, weakening our posture internationally, not protecting our borders, but allowing 6 million illegal entrants, massive amounts of fentanyl, gangs, terrorists. I mean, do you really think that doing all of that is not going to bring down America? Of course it will, unless we stop it. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop it, but we're going to do more. We're going to open up the free market. We're going to have a land of opportunity again. We're going to have economic prosperity. We're going to have everybody participating. We're going to rid the nation of racism. We're not going to have racism treating racism. Racism against racism doesn't work. 
What works is the content of your character, recognition of excellence, regardless of race, making us a great nation, focusing on doing the best we can in whatever we do, and making us a nation that can stand up to a communist menace from China, that can stand up to a terrorist threat from Iran, that can stand up to a world that may turn dark and progressively so against virtue and against our mm-hmm. our common values and against freedom. So we have a we have a, a big fight ahead of us and it's going to determine the fate of this country for years to come. Yeah. I, I'd rather not have to limp along in tyranny while we're uh, struggling to restore regain freedom. And if we fully lose it, then the only way to regain it is something that you don't want to consider in, in throughout history. It's been the case. And uh, we didn't have time to talk about the risk of, uh, you know, the digital identification and digital money and the ability to control all humans, all people of all colors, races, backgrounds uh, through, um, you know, the the inability to access the things you think you work for in terms of uh, the money you have and have access to in banking systems right now. But that's another discussion maybe next week. Well, that's the ESG agenda. And that is a disastrous agenda. And Biden is all for it. Yeah, and this and is the way they transform the, the Chinese economy into a vehicle for controlling Chinese citizens. And they want to bring that here. And that's what the ESG agenda is. Well, that's something we need to cover next time, Jonathan. I know you've got a lot to do, and I'm grateful that we could get you by phone. And that's partly due or big time due to your support for this this show and doing the things we do together. The board that Super Don has, thanks to you, is making it beautiful so your audio is crisp and clear even when we can't get the video of you down there in Florida. So have a wonderful event this evening. Say hello to Bill Falloon and all my friends down there that love health, freedom, and healing liberty. I wish I could be there for you at this one, but I'll be at as many events as I can as this thing moves forward. Sounds great, Robert. Thank you so much, and we'll be together again soon. Yep, that's Jonathan E. Mord, Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. E. Mord for VA, linked up at robertscottbell.com. When we come back after this educational break at the top of the hour here, uh, we'll be talking about some of the upcoming events that I didn't get to mention, as well as other support for this show. And I appreciate all y'all being here and sharing this show. And then we have a discussion of uh, fats, one of my favorite subjects. What are healthy fats? We've been taught to fear fat in the 20th century. Still, there are people in the 21st that are afraid of fat. What's the right kind? Got an interesting uh, discussion from zeroacre.com. Tucker Goodrich, we'll talk about cultured oils and the basis for going forward with fats that are healthy. Uh, That and a whole lot more on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this because the power to heal is yours. All right, 23 rounds later, I'm still standing. Great hour with Jonathan E. Moore by phone interview and uh, our, our defense of liberty and, and going on offense and promotion of liberty and constitutional governance as, uh, you know, part and parcel to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Even though I don't think of this show as a political show, believe it or not, I don't. It's not where we focus uh, all our efforts, but the reality is po- the politics and the body politic have played such a huge role in limiting uh, your and my ability to care for our own bodies and our own health. Growing up in a medical pharmaceutical family, the uh, you know agenda of of the medical community 
It wasn't that any doctor in particular was wanting to harm me or kill me, but everything that they were allowed to promote and, and write prescriptions for were by definition toxic and poisonous and potentially deadly. And to find a way out meant I had to look outside of the FDA box and start utilizing the substances of creation, herbal medicine, supplemental minerals, yes, homeopathy, which is regulated by the FDA as a drug, according to the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act of 1938, passed in 1939. It was uh, grandfathered in the pharmacopoeia. And I became a homeopath and even served on the, you know, the homeopathic pharmacy. Uh, well, the, if I, if I look back at all of what I knew of big pharma only and the pharmacopoeia that I knew beforehand going into medicine and then finding out there was an entire pharmacopoeia of natural medicines based on plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms, and that they are made safe by serial dilution and succussion. I mean, what a shock that is, especially for the Western mind that looks at everything in substance and the more you have, the better, right? If a little is good, more is better. And then I learned later, well, a little might be good. More can be toxic. In fact, quite the opposite than better. And so now we've seen movements toward nanopharmacology and other things like that. Some harmful, some helpful, but in terms of homeopathic medicine, Again, I served on the American Association of Homeopathic Pharmacists for a few years back in the early 2000s and interacted with good folks that were trying to uh, bring about, uh, what would you call, real health care in America again? You know, one of the stories I didn't get to cover last hour, although Jonathan did bring it up, was about why Americans pay twice as much for health care yet get worse care. It's because we don't have a health care system. We have a disease creation and disease management machinery monopolizing the entire marketplace that is not free market, crony capitalism. It's not even capitalism. It's capitalism. When it comes to healthcare, freedom, freedom is the only way out of this. That's where innovation happens. And the doctors found out how not free they were, those who promoted uh, an agenda of success in treating their patients with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, uh, zinc, and other things, even though they missed out on copper, most of them. But they still were helpful, not as harmful or hurtful as the remdesivir agenda, the killing fields in the hospitals, the mRNA injections wrongly called vaccinations. All of these things are considered healthcare, and many people that are economically challenged, poor, middle class, or otherwise, and say, I can't afford healthcare, I need more government intervention. Medicaid may be ending under the expiring, eventually, emergency of COVID. And then you're like, these people are like suddenly stuck. They have no access to what they call healthcare, even though it really isn't. Real healthcare would support health, would promote health. What would that be? Organic, whole, unprocessed, non-GMO foods. Essential fats, even saturated fats that are clearly clean in terms of where their origin is from. And maybe other innovations in a free market, as we're going to talk oils in a little bit here this hour with uh, a new guest. Uh, Tucker Goodrich joining us in a few minutes. But the freedom to innovate doesn't happen in a monopoly. Doesn't happen in a top-down centralized government planning bureaucracy, especially when those bureaucracies are owned and controlled by an industry that only profits when you are sick. What drugs are you interested in buying when you're when you're well? You don't need drugs. You don't have a drug deficiency. You're only convinced, as I was, that every symptom, ailment, illness, emotion is evidence of a lack of an FDA-approved pharmaceutical drug ingested or injected or implanted. It's absurd. It's insane. 
And this is where my urgent appeal to all people of all colors, races, backgrounds, religions, uh, political persuasions is to come back to our senses and to look to those who are promoting freedom, bodily autonomy. The government, as it existed in COVID and still exists today, claims ownership over your body, which controversially is uh, another form of slavery. Yeah, it's different than in some aspects of how it manifested in our history or in other places around the world. But you define, I don't know, maybe differently. If somebody owns you, what does that mean? If they claim ownership over your body or your children's body, what does that mean, really? Are you free in that environment, in that relationship with government that has been captured by an industry that profits and has no liability when they injure or kill you because of ongoing declared emergencies for the prep act. Remember that it's, it's just astonishing how we don't see this. And now we've got another association called the AAP. You see the American association or American Academy of pediatrics, AAP. We've talked about them over the years. It's, it's different. It's not the same as the AMA because it's more focused on children, doctors, pediatrics. But this headline is astonishing. It, it's, revol it's, revulsive, it's revolting. It says obese children should be treated aggressively with drugs and surgery. It's not bad enough that they have all been raised on drugs and semi-surgical procedures. I mean, if you pierce the skin with an injection, right? They do that if they can get away with it. The AAP still recommends hepatitis B shots at birth. All hospital births, unless you object, they will automatically inject your baby, your innocent little baby, with an aluminum-containing vaccine for hepatitis B, something that they would only be exposed to if their mother was a, you know, a, a prostitute everywhere and everything. Or that baby escaped from the delivery room and went and got a tattoo with a dirty needle or engaged in wanton sex practices that you don't even want to mention. And yet that's, that's considered the standard of care, good medicine, how absurd, how damaging, how dangerous, how immature in terms of intellectual capacity, much less spiritual capacity to promote that. And this is something the AAP promotes. And now they're saying we need to treat obese children aggressively with drugs and surgery. It's much like Biden's state of the union. No mention of bodily autonomy and freedom and innovation in healthcare. Instead, let's see if we can continue this emergency as long as we can. Well, let's not mention it. And let's promote these mRNA injections, not just the COVID ones, but all the ones they got down the pike that they are intending to mandate if you would acquiesce to digital identifiers, whether it be ushered in through real ID or other emergency measures. The AAP says obese children should be treated aggressively with drugs and surgery. Where is sense? Where is common sense? And where's the physician group besides the AAPS, the Association for American Physicians and Surgeons, which takes no drug money, for instance, no pharmaceutical money. Other than that, pretty much every medical association wouldn't speak out against this AAP obscenity. Obese children should be treated aggressively. What does that mean? And why wouldn't they just say, hey, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, if we fed these kids organically grown, non-GMO, non-pesticide-laden, non-xenoestrogen-exposed foods, continuing the tradition of humanity on planet Earth that has survived despite modern medicine because of the, the whatever minerals are left in the food that people are eating. 
despite the additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, xenoestrogens, uh, heavy metals, all despite that, we're somehow still alive. Adaptation for survival, chronically ill, like I was. What drives me? What motivates me? And these kids never had a chance. The moment they were taken to a pediatrician or they were born in a hospital, immediately they are looked at as a pincushion for big pharma, injected with toxic medicaments, foreign antigens, and, and uh, eliciting maybe antibodies. But if that wasn't enough, then we'll throw in some aluminum or other adjuvants that hyperstimulate immunity and drive them into autoimmunity. Devastating immune responses, inflammation, causing brain, gut connections, disruption of all of that, autism manifestation, neurological injury. And yeah, obesity plays a role there. You accumulate toxins, you can't process, the liver is damaged, the kidneys are not functioning, the lymph is not moving. And all they want to do is drugs and surgery. How about cleaning the liver? How about increasing selenium accessibility in the food, much less in supplemental form? Oh, no, no, we can't do that. Even though Jonathan Emord has beaten the FDA back a world record eight times in court on the scientific validation for the use of selenium and the prevention and reversing of many diseases, including cancer. But no, 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 we can't promote selenium. That would counter the capture of our government and our government agencies by the pharmaceutical church, the death cult that many people are still members of unofficially or officially promoting masking, promoting mandatory jabbing, promoting distancing, promoting isolation, never looking to natural immunity, vitamin D created by sun exposure. Oh no, the sun's going to cause you cancer. Let's, let's slather on some more toxic chemicals to prevent vitamin D production. Drugs and surgery. No, they need nutrition. They need food. They need activity. They need detoxification. They need clean water. To, you know, that at least filter out the, the, the fluoride and the uh, the chlorines, the halides that are disrupting even endocrine function. No, give them some Tylenol when they have a fever. Destroy their liver further. You understand we're we're run by a dangerous death cult known as modern medicine, and it's a monopoly. And they are taught that every illness ailment. Symptom emotion is evidence of an FDA drug deficiency for which there is none. You don't have essential drugs. You have essential minerals. You have essential fats. You have vitamins, protein. You don't have a pesticide deficiency. You don't have a, a Roundup or a glyphosate deficiency. We are being overwhelmed by that. We have to counter it. And that's why we bring good people on here to talk about these things and good companies like Nutritional Frontiers with their, with their uh, dimethylglycine, the DMG that they're putting in a number of their formulas. We're using their lozenges every day to counteract the glyphosate. We have no, no, we don't even know if we're being exposed to. And certainly if you're not eating a, a largely organic diet, you are ingesting a lot of Roundup or the active ingredient around up punching holes in your gut calling, causing malabsorption, poor elimination. And remember, you're looking, it's like, well, how do I know if my doctor's good? Well, ask them one question. How often do you have a bowel movement, doctor? And if they're going less than you are, they're not for you if you, if you want real healing. Freedom to innovate. Not happening in America right now. We're still living under a medical monopoly. And the little innovation that's happening happens despite the objections, the threats of loss of liberty, life even, and money.
for those that would dare promote non-drug approaches to disease prevention and remediation. We do not have a healthcare system in America. I hope that's clear to you now. If it isn't, it will be as we talk food as medicine and fats as medicine. Welcoming now for the first time to the Robert Scott Bell Show. This is a a fascinating topic, uh, Tucker Goodrich, and I've seen your zeroacre.com website and other things that you're doing, and uh, I welcome you to the show. I'm excited to have you on to talk about this and more. It's a pleasure, Robert. I've been uh, sitting here in your green room listening to you go on about all sorts of topics that are of interest to me. Um, Back in my Wall Street career, I actually implemented uh, my firm's ESG program. Mm. And boy, that must have been almost 15 years ago now. Wow. ESG back at 15 years ago. We'd never heard the term ESG back then. Yeah, well, they were just getting it rolled out, and your previous uh, guest was spot on about what they're trying to do with it. I figured that out as soon as I had to roll it out. Yeah, so you've seen it from the inside long ahead of where most people are aware of it. We've got you know disasters on so many fronts. I don't want to leave a, a, a thought that, oh my gosh, it's too overwhelming. We can't defeat them. They're too big. They're too bad. No, 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 we can, but first part of it is finding out that it's happening, that it's not just a made-up thing or a conspiracy theory that they would like to relegate it as so people don't use critical thinking skills, but that there are ways, in fact, to stop this cold, stop it right now, and and create anew the idea that freedom is a superior way to go forward, not slavery. Well, God bless you on that. Mm. So from a, a high-level, uh, let's say, corporate world existence that it sounds like you had, Tucker, to what you're doing in food and, and, and fats. What a journey you've been on. Yes. Uh, well, I had absolutely no interest in diets. I watched my mother yo-yo on the Weight Watchers plan when I was a kid and thought pretty confidently that if uh, I followed the dietary advice that the authorities gave us, that I would be doing okay. And then when I was in my late 30s, working on Wall Street as the chief technology officer of a big hedge fund, I started getting sick. And the physicians I went to see were, let's just say not very helpful figuring out what was going on. A lot of us have woken up in this lifetime to that journey to think, well, I was very worshipful and respectful of the entire uh, industry that they represented and come to find out what they learn is not really helpful other than emergency trauma, warfare type triage scenarios, surgery, for instance, when needed. But other than that, their application of warfare, medicine, and mentality on chronic diseases is a dis- absolute disaster. That's a fair That's a fair way to put it. Yeah, it's a disaster. So I was an engineer. I was used to solving my own problems um, and was quite good at it. So I started researching... Uh, my own health issues, and I will say through a little bit of serendipity, uh, managed to discover a solution. Um, And the solution, much to my surprise, so at the time I decided to fix my diet, I had been sick with intestinal bowel disease for 16 years. I had had a colon resection, eight inches of my colon had to be removed because I was so ill after a series of hospitalizations. And 
one day I decided I'd been reading about a researcher who talked about uh, seed oils, dietary fat and cancer. And I decided while standing in the cafeteria line at work to cut seed oils out of my diet. So in two days, my 16 years of irritable bowel disease resolved. I was stunned because nothing else, including having eight inches of my bowel cut out, had been able to do anything to help me, really. Um, so after that, everything else started to get better. And, you know, again, being an engineer, I was very curious, why am I doing everything the opposite of what the authorities tell you? And all of my health problems are getting better. I went in to see my doctor and told him what I was doing. And his comment was, Tuck, I'm really concerned about this. Uh, this is this is not this is going against the recommendations and the guidelines. And I said, "Well, Doc, that's why I'm here. If I'm killing myself, I expect you'll tell me." So, by the end of my little journey, um, shortly before I fired that doctor, and I do like the guy, but you know, I was cured of everything. Mm -hmm. He said to me, "You're going to live to 100 years old. Congratulations." Yeah. Um, and that was 13 years ago. Yeah. And all of my and, health and nothing, conditions you, have resolved. You, nothing you had hired him to do. Could he have done anything to result in that statement? You're going to live to hundred years. It's because you did everything else. The things that he wouldn't have recommended because of his training. And that's an right. important yeah. grown up moment. You know, we must wake up and become very mature about this and say, well, we, we've been following the wrong folks. And even the doctors that went to medical school for good reason, and I have many friends in the medical community, but many of those friends have woken up and seen through the, the limitations of their training and now are going outside of it. Maybe they're going to Trinity School of Natural Health to learn body, mind, spirit stuff to make uh, what they do actually work for people as opposed to what has happened, what I experienced too. Now, thankfully, I didn't have to have my colon resection. I mean, I prayed to God hard on those things. Please don't have to do surgical intervention. Please, please, please. But it was a, a number of years later where I learned of homeopathic medicine and, um, you know, even fats. Remember back we grew up? I don't know if you're old enough, but it was margarine. It was basically motor oil, machine oil we were eating. And that was the healthy stuff. Stay away from saturated fats. going to kill you. Give you heart attacks. Cholesterol yeah. is bad. All of those things well, are be lies. Well, it wasn't just stay away from saturated fat, right? When the American Heart Association made that recommendation back in 1961, Mm -hmm. They specifically said you should be eating vegetable that oils. Oil. Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. And they listed a bunch of different vegetable oils. Now, unfortunately, when they made that recommendation, there'd been no study done, completed, that said that that would actually be effective, right? It wasn't until 1965 that the first study came out looking at will eating these vegetable oils actually improve cardiovascular disease? And what they found was that it did not. And then another study came out and said also that it was harmful. And finally, they all got together and they did a great big uh, study, the National Diet Heart Study. And what they ultimately found was that eating vegetable oils increased your risk of death from heart disease. Mm -hmm. And instead of coming out and telling us that that was the case, they hid the results for 16 years. And it wasn't until that was in early 1970s. And it wasn't until 2016 that a National Institute of Health researcher 
went into the basement of the estate of the deceased leader of that study and found the truth that they had been misrepresenting it for decades at that point. Tucker, isn't that fascinating when you go back that far and we can go back further and point those things out. And then they say, well, we just now discovered it under Fauci that there's a lot of malfeasance going on, a lot of deception going on, a lot of uh, junk science happening, a lot of corporate science that benefits the bottom line of those corporations that fund it or that own and control our regulators, including a lot of the NIAID studies and NIH. Uh, there's a history of criminality at that level and our reliance and our worshipfulness of, oh, it's an NIH thing. It's an NIH. Not to say there isn't legitimate science. There exists, but it's often buried. And when they find it, they curtail all monies that would go to further exploration of those controversies and move right over it and go, let's continue going down this road or else we're not going to get the money and the grants will dry up. Yeah, there are certainly lots of researchers who have gone down the wrong avenue and find themselves ostracized from the community. I mean, one thing that I've noticed in looking at the research on seed oils in health is that most of the most interesting research is done outside of the United States. Not all of it. I mean, the NIH has a small group that's doing some fascinating stuff, but I can also, one of my jobs on Wall Street was my primary job was risk management. And part of risk management on Wall Street is detecting fraud. Because if you're going to give somebody a lot of money, you want to make sure that they're honest before you give them the money, right? And those techniques have come in very handy looking at the scientific literature. Because some of the things I have seen coming out of some of our top institutions are things that would literally get you taken out of your office in handcuffs if you were on Wall Street doing the same things. And I've been through lots of SEC examinations and audits in Wall Street. I know what they're looking for. And I know how to run a clean ship and be an honest person. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff is, I don't think fraud is too strong of a word. Um, Oh, no. And we talk about the results of the fraud. Massive numbers of people dying. You know, I pointed this out according to the, uh, what I call the Barbara Starfield report from the year 2000, the Journal of the American Medical Association. When she assessed uh, all, it was kind of a meta-analysis of all-cause death and found out that modern medicine was indeed the third leading cause of death. Drugs were causing 106,000 bare minimum deaths every year, properly used, administered, prescribed. And other analyses have been done, including a book called Death by Modern Medicine by Carolyn Dean and others pointing out that it could be as high as three quarters of a million uh, Americans or more. And then we look at what happened under covid and we now have to assess that the majority of the deaths were caused by uh, iatrogenocide. That is the utilization of inappropriate uh, interventions, including desivir. Yes. Iatrogenic no. means caused by the physician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so it's not. Yeah. No, it's, it's gotten more, it's, more intense and worse. It's true. And you were talking about the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics and their mm-hmm. outrageous uh, recommendations on how to deal with obesity in children. Well, let's start with a very simple question. If you're a physician and you need to make somebody gain weight, say they have cancer or AIDS or something else, how do you do it? You feed them a food, a medical food called, um, oh, it's just slipped my mind. Insure? Um, the insurer? Insure, yes, thank you. You know. Yeah. What a mess. Right? Have you ever read the ingredients of that? 
Ooh. Oh, I certainly have. So now yeah. what's really interesting, I came across an ad in the 1956 issue of the British Medical Journal, mm -hmm. and it was sponsored by the makers of a food that they were advertising to doctors, and it was called Wait On, W-A-T-E-O-N. And their spokeswoman was Raquel Welch. Mm. And I'm sure you remember the voluptuous Raquel Welch. Well, back in the 1950s, a major problem was apparently women who were too skinny and who wanted to look sexy and voluptuous like Raquel Welch did. So what did they feed them? They fed them a food that looks almost identical to Ensure, and it's sugar and corn oil, mm -hmm. right? So doctors have known since at least the 1950s that if you want somebody to put on weight, you feed them sugar, carbohydrates, and corn oil, right? Now in the 2000, in, you know, 2020s, mm -hmm. we have a dietary guideline issued by the government, followed by all the schools, followed by the AAP, and followed by the military, who's also having an obesity epidemic. And if you follow these dietary guidelines, what do you wind up eating? Carbohydrates, mm -hmm. sugar, and lots of these seed oils like corn oil. What we know causes obesity in an animal model, right? Any scientist in the country who wants to make an animal fat can pick mm -hmm. up the phone and order food from a company that will make those animals obese. And guess what? It's the same list of ingredients. Right. But, but worse, wouldn't you acknowledge since they've genetically engineered them and they've loaded even more dangerous pesticides in them? And of course, the antibiotics, that's another thing that they often do in, in uh, CAFO factory farm settings. Antibiotics will fatten you up because it disrupts, you know, the gut normalcy, the microbiome altering that. That can also uh, additionally make it worse. So it's gotten worse, even though they knew all those decades ago what will fatten you up, not for health, honestly. Uh, but for disasters, but then we have what? The disease management machinery that profits off of all of the food that made people fat and sick. And then they want to go, let's give them drugs and surgically alter them. You've been down that road with the, the colon resectioning. Would you recommend that as a great intervention? Well, it, yeah, it didn't do me any good. Um, <laughs> sadly, except in the short term, right? Yeah. But no, you know, man. what's interesting, another effect of the of these vegetable oils is they cause you, well, we've all heard about the munchies, right? If you smoke pot, it makes you want to eat. It makes you want to eat sweet things, right? Nobody get nobody from what I've heard gets high and wants to go eat a steak, right? You want to have junk food, right? So the reason for that is that THC, an endocannabinoid, right? Causes you to want to eat. It's actually sold as a drug, dronabinil right? Mm -hmm. It's an FDA approved drug, again, to make people who are losing weight want to eat, right? Yeah, this is why it's a treatment for what they call cachexia, you know, in, in That's cancer. That's exactly it. That's exactly they're, it. They're wasting away and that these, these people have no appetite because they're being poisoned to death on top of the cancer. So uh, again, one right. disaster later over another, even though there could be a legitimate way to use cannabinoids to facilitate uh, proper, let's say, hunger that would lead to hopefully better ingestion for survivability. Right. So what do these what does corn oil do when you eat it? It turns into endocannabinoids, right? Similar not en endocannabinoids as opposed to THC are chemicals made in your body, right? So it turns into a similar chemical that makes you want to overeat. It makes you crave 
sweet foods, right? Sweet, more starchy foods, yeah. right? So now let's say that you follow the AAP advice and you take your child to have gastric bypass sur surgery, right? The most successful gas gastric bypass surgery, Roux-en-Y bypass, works because it severs the connection between your brain and your gut that processes these endocannabinoids, right? It's literally the reason why bypass surgery works, right? So my question would be, just like if you're getting the munchies from smoking pot, mm -hmm. if you're getting the munchies from eating vegetable oils, why not just stop eating the vegetable oils? Well, when they do that experiment with people, typically with people who are pretty sick, right? Fatty liver disease, which is a type of diabetes, essentially, of the liver, they rapidly get better, even if they keep eating carbohydrates. And they've had multiple experiments where they've done this, right? Mm -hmm. Where they find children, for instance, they reduce the amount of seed oils in their diet and their insulin resistance goes away and their fatty mm -hmm. liver starts to get better. Fatty liver, by the way, is a very new disease. It was only discovered, it was only seen for the first time in America in the 1980s and is thought to be incurable. But mm -hmm. all you have to do is basically take the junk food out of the diet, uh, right? That, and one of the most consistent ingredients in junk food are these seed oils. Yeah, well, they used to be called an alcoholic fatty liver, and then that, now they have to call it a non-alcoholic fatty liver because it wasn't by caused by alcohol. And, they had and a little, yeah, they had a little old granny they found who had fatty liver disease, and they said, yeah. "Well, you're going to have to stop drinking." And she said, "I've never had a drink in my entire life. I'm a teetotaler." Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "Well, gee, we don't know how you got fatty liver disease." Yeah. But again, they know how to give it to animals and they do it by feeding them seed oils. It's yeah. even more effective if you just inject soybean oil into your veins. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. I, you know, listen, shout out to my good buddy, Laban Ditchburn, who connected us to uh, Tucker Goodrich here on the show today. We have uh, links in the show notes at robertscabell.com to uh, zeroacre.com. You want to check out, we're going to get into a little bit about the techniques in uh, producing uh, some stable fats that are healthful rather than the seed oils. And uh, let's see, there's also a, I didn't know there was blog spots happening. I still got a blog spot from 20 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, they, well, that's embarrassing. I've still got my blog awesome. on blog spot. I'm, I'm, I'm the last person guy. on earth. I, I think it's cool. Uh, but we've got that linked up as well. And uh, Super Don also added into the notes, uh, I think something else here. It was about an app called CD. CD. CD, yes, to help you get these CDY apps out of your diet. Yeah, it's like when you think of something seedy, that's usually a negative connotation. Ooh, that's seedy. Well, it's true because you're eating seed oils. That's not good for you. That's so exactly look it. This, I look at this app development. Uh, I think you're looking for support to do that. It's a uh, um, how do you find a way to be seed oil free shopping? Like, does this does this stuff have seed oils in it, and why you'd want to avoid it? So I think it's kind of a helpful app that you're developing there. Is this, where are you in the stages of that development? Uh, we've, we did an alpha version last year and uh, we need to make it a bit better. So we're, we're going corporate okay. and we're looking to raise some funds. If you look at that page, cdapp.com, uh, mm -hmm. you'll see what we're trying to do. And, you know, the problem is, I went once on my lunch hour to a Whole Foods and I spent the entire lunch hour in the oh, salad dressing aisle trying to find a healthy salad dressing oh, that oil. wasn't full of seed oils or yeah. soybean oil yeah. or whatever else. Even the organic right? ones. I'm like, dude, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. 
And so it's like Whole Foods? No, I don't think so. Uh, I and I, I was finally able to find a single salad dressing where the only fat in it was olive oil, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to do with this, uh, my um, partners in this are a uh, doctor in Kentucky and his wife. And what we're trying to do is save people the trouble that I went through ruining my lunch <laughs> hour by going through all the labels so that you can go into various supermarkets mm -hmm. and say, okay, what are the healthy foods, right? What foods mm -hmm. can I eat here that are not contaminated with seed oils? Yeah. All right. I want to go that's through one of the biggest problems yeah. that people have. Cause when, as you know, when you try and fix your diet, our entire food system is set up to, to produce us, unhealthy foods, make us all fail. And then people are then stuck in the deer in the headlights. Like it's too overwhelming. I can't do anything. So I appreciate what you're trying to do. Make it simple. I got to pause for a moment, Tucker. I'm going to come back to you. And I want to talk about what I saw on that zero acre website in terms of uh, an innovative uh, technique for, for stable oils, safe and healthy, healthful oils. And so I want to talk to you about that, but real quick, Wonderful. I got to do some uh, uh, updates for everybody for the upcoming events. Uh, I mentioned the, the the Health Freedom Expo, Super Don. You showed that last hour. Um, that's coming up, the virtual one, 18th and 19th of February. You still have time to join in. It's going to be uh, two days, but you'll have three months to watch it all. And that includes stuff that we didn't do when we were together at the uh, event in October in Chicagoland area. Uh, so please check out trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com and sign up 30 bucks. You get three months of access, including Jonathan E. Mord and even more. He's submitting something else that wasn't done there. I'm excited to see that. I'll be moderating a couple of additional panels, including one on the endocannabinoid system and cannabinoids as medicine, as supplements as well. And also the Trinity instructors are going to have a panel on, I believe, on the Sunday, the 19th. Uh, and after that, we've got the Next Steps Conference. Thanks to our friend Tia Severino. She set this up. This is my second year attending. And it's going to be big time, 22nd through the 25th of February, outside of Atlanta at the uh, Lake Lanier Islands Resort in Buford, Georgia. And it's the next-steps.info, next-steps.info. Use the code RSB10 to get 10% off your ticket. And please bring a friend. This is going to be amazing. Building the Parallel Society and various different endeavors, including medicine and healing. And I'll be presenting there. And there'll be a lot of great uh, uh, companies that are supporting your efforts to get well, like what we're talking about right now with Tucker Goodrich as well. And then we've got some online courses for fr some are free, like terrain workshops, love your liver. That's coming up by Dr. Andrew Kaufman. He'll be on the show soon and toxic mold masterclass. We've got our body, mind, soul restoration event. Thanks to nutritional frontiers, March 31st, the evening of, and then April 1st and 2nd down in Clearwater, Florida on the beach. Uh, Super Don, it's not opening for them, but if you just click on it or reach out to them, there's a, a toll-free number to reach Nutritional Frontiers. By the way, RSB15 discounts on all of their uh, great products that we utilize here as well. And then we have uh, uh, more that I can even tell you. The end of March, I think it'll be, no, the end of April, uh, we'll be back in Nashville for an event, Wellness Parenting Revolution with Dr. Terry and Stu Warner. We don't have that banner up. It's not uh, done yet, but it, we're going to get you back to Nashville. We have fun in Nashville. Then in Utah, we've got the Be Healthy Utah event in April, 21st and 22nd, and I'll be speaking and broadcasting from there. And there'll be more added to, but the Goody Farms Homestead is welcoming the RSB family, the union, the family union, 14th through 16th, it's a great weekend, July 14th, 15th, and 16th in Missouri, a food family, campfire music. I mean, talk about an amazing event that's like bringing this family together, wherever you are, Stay, just see if you can show up for that. We're going to have a blast weekend. And then I've been invited to speak and, and moderate some panels at the Las Vegas 
Biomed Expo, September 14th through 17th, uh, 2023. And uh, again, links are there in the upcoming events tab or sign up for our newsletter by texting RSB to 22828, RSB to 22828, and uh, or just come to robertscottbell.com to sign up. There it is, 22828 on the text and RSB my initials, and you'll be prompted to enter uh, your email address. Uh, and with that, back to Tucker Goodrich. I don't know if you're going to any events, but again, I love what you, you're you talking about. You've been through it. You've seen it from the inside. You've got a lot of credibility uh, to me in what you're relating. I know you know what you know, but this process at zeroacre.com, talking about cultured uh, uh, fats. Now, I've, I've had some controversial discussions about fermented cod liver oil, and I'm not going to get into the details of that. That, that makes Oh, me I've, I've taken that. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I'm not one that has embraced that, but I will acknowledge the use of culturing methods in food has been a thousands and thousands of year old, uh, you know, going to antiquity to make things better, more available, to make foods that you wouldn't eat edible even. So talk to me about this process that people can learn about there at zeroacre.com. Right. So the problem with seed oils is what are known as omega-6 fats. And we won't go into exactly what that means, but what you need to know about them is that they rapidly go rancid. And when they go rancid, they turn into toxins, right? Some of the toxins have been well demonstrated to cause DNA damage and to be intimately involved in the process of heart disease and cancer and obesity, right? So the folks at Zero Acre, they have a rather genius scientist who is uh, built a process by which we can turn simple carbohydrates into fats. But these fats are low in omega-6 fats, right? This is something that most of the vegetable oil industry is busily trying to do. They are producing what they call hyaluric sunflower oil, hyaluric soybean oil. One famous industry article said, Hi, said, Hyaluric soybean oil is less obesogenic than regular soybean oil. That's right, less obesogenic. They know soybean oil causes obesity, and they're trying to develop products that are less obesogenic, right? Zero acres uh, fat is around 2% omega-6, which compares to, say, olive oil, which can be 2% to 20%, or corn oil, which is about 56% omega-6 fats. Um, so it's much more stable when you cook it, and it's much more stable when you put it in your body. The worst toxin that's produced by omega-6 fats is called HNE. HNE causes obesity, heart disease, and genetic damage that leads to many types of cancer. And it is almost indetectable when you oxidize, when you try to oxidize cultured oil, as opposed to what happens when, for instance, you use a soybean oil or a rapeseed oil um, in your cooking, right? Oh. And all of these oils are, it's important to note, all of these oils are rancid when you buy them. And when you eat them in your body, they go even more rancid, right? And that is what we think is causing most of our chronic disease problems. A lot of information associated with that. Uh, Tucker, I got to ask you, because you, you said you're fermenting this from carbohydrates to convert into stable oils that are low on omega-6? Right. The what is what is, a, what does a cow do, right? A cow mm -hmm. eats grass, carbohydrates, mm -hmm. and the bacteria in its rumen and its gut break down those carbohydrates into fat. And then the fat, the cow excretes the fat as milk, mm -hmm. right? So this is a very similar process to that. 
So you're, you're looking at a natural process and trying to mimic it in a way. And, and you're starting with what kind of carbohydrates uh, in terms of, you know, I, I talk about some of these things that are grown with pesticides and other things. I mean, there's a lot of mess out there in terms of factory farming methods and uh, making sure you have a clean product, for instance. Yeah, they're simple sugars at the moment. Um, the process is using just plain sugar um, for now. But as it gets scaled up, we're going to try and use, you know, the ideal process would be something that's using waste carbohydrates like mm -hmm. corn husks, for instance. Um, but we're not there yet. Yeah, well, it's, it's intriguing to me uh, what you're doing here. Of course, the stabilizing of fats so they don't go rancid without using synthetic chemistry. Uh, that's an important part of this. Uh, well, you know, yeah. Yes, and you were speaking of selenium before. To understand yeah. why selenium is a benefit, selenium in your body is used to create an antioxidant called glutathione, right? Why is glutathione important in disease prevention? Because glutathione is the primary detoxifier of rancid seed oils. Mm -hmm. Right? This is a very fundamental basic process, right? Animals who are born without the ability to make glutathione don't live to be born, right? That's how fundamental it is. And most of the chronic diseases that we look at, one of the hallmarks of those diseases is a deficiency in glutathione because as glutathione is used up by rancid seed in detoxifying rancid mm -hmm. seed oils, it's excreted from the body, right? Creating oh. this demand for more selenium. Correct. And of course, the, the active state of glutathione, the peroxidase form, is critically dependent on that selenium because there are a lot of people that focus on precursors like NAC and they forget that many people are so seleno deficient that they can't convert. And then you, you're doing all these good things, yeah. but they're not going all the way there. That's why these minerals are so important. And you're right. The depletion of minerals is, is compounded by the exposure to not only rancid seed oils, but heavy metals and other things we've talked about for modern medicine, the injectables, the ingestibles, all of that. So it's, it's amazing when you step back and go, how are any of us alive? But that's a testament, <laughs> <laughs> a testament to creation, I believe, that we humans, are resilient. But Humans are amazingly effective survival machines, despite our yeah. best efforts to do ourselves in, it exactly. seems like. Yeah. So, I, again, I'm fascinated by this journey you've been on to, to, to you know, innovate here. And also, it's packaged in aluminum. Have you investigated uh, to make sure there's no... I, my sense is there wouldn't be an aggressive interplay. Like there are certain things that you package in aluminum would leach the aluminum ions in and would make that pro a problem. Uh, with oils, I don't think that would occur. Yeah, the primary, a big part of Zero Acres mission is environmental, right? Because mm -hmm. seed oil production requires massive amounts of land. It's very harmful to the environment. I mean, there are huge swaths of the Amazon desert or the Amazon jungle turning that are being cut, turning it into a desert. Yes. That are being cut down to grow soybean oil for soybeans to grow soybean oils. Mm -hmm. um, we have the same problem in the South Pacific with palm oil plantations. Palm mm -hmm. is a healthier fat because it has less of the omega-6 fats, but yeah, you're still great. talking about going in and clear cutting jungles to produce these, right? So, when they were picking aluminum, they were looking for the most a healthful material and also the most environmentally friendly material, right? Aluminum is 100% recyclable. It's infinitely recyclable, recyclable. And unlike, say, a glass bottle, which can break in shipment, it's completely impervious to light, right? Mm -hmm. So lights will break down any oil, even an oil like ours that's very resistant to oxidation. 
Um, that's why they typically, you know, when you get olive oil, it's in a dark bottle, not a clear yeah, aluminum is one of the most per, uh, abundant metals on the planet. Uh, although normally it occurs in combination with silica, if you will, and that would help protect right. us from it. But as I said, my concern, and, and I don't sense that it would be, cause I don't think oils have an aggressive interface with, with metals, uh, per se, like other things stored in aluminum. Uh, but at the same ask- time, you know, the concern is, of acids in right. aluminum would be bad news. Right. Yes, exactly. So in that regard, it could be a viable uh, container that would not additionally burden the body with more aluminum from the environment that we would not want in our system. Uh, so, uh, but again, I, I get what you're doing. I think it's fascinating and I'd like to talk more about it. Uh, is there anything you want to uh, leave today on your first visit to the Robert Scott Bell show that we hadn't been able to cover in the time uh, allotted here? Uh, I would recommend that everybody go and read up on what I'm saying. Check out my blog. Zero Acre also has a blog, and one of the things I'm doing with them is producing a lot of re- producing a lot of research. We're not producing original research. What we're doing is going through the existing body of research to make it perfectly clear that this is not our idea, right? That there are hundreds of thousands of papers out there detailing the problems with. Um, seed oils i mean they've been recognized as you know turns turns out if you cook with canola oil like we're all told to and you use it in uh you know you use it to fry it turns into a carcinogen right Mm -hmm. nobody's told that canola oil turns into a carcinogen and is thought to be a leading cause of lung cancer amongst women who don't smoke in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that the US government has done research that shows exactly that. So what we're trying to do is go dig through the research and show people that there is a vast amount of evidence that this is, as we say, a health problem and likely the fundamental health problem, right? And it's just, it's a question of the low hanging fruit, right? We shouldn't be eating toxins. This is a food that comprises about 21% of the calories that the average American consumes that turns into a number of well-described and well-known toxins in the cooking process and in the human body. Yeah. Well, Tucker, thank you for being on board today. And yeah, that's the subject we have covered from time to time, the danger of consuming these seed oils. Uh, I'm not to say that uh, eating seeds in their whole form that haven't begun, but gone rancid are all a negative. They've been used as food uh, sources for a long time. But when you remove those oils, they become very problematic and pro-inflammatory. And uh, this may be another way to move forward in the production of oils that are healthful and safe to use. Thank you, Robert, for your time. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to address your audience. Yeah, you got a fascinating backstory, Tucker. I would love to talk. I never planned on doing this. It was quite yeah. a surprise to me, too. I can tell. I can tell. But I'm glad you're on board with it and, uh, again, doing good work. So thank you, Tucker. It's a pleasure. Thanks, Robert. All right. Y'all check it out in the show notes today. RobertScottBell.com. Links to all that we've discussed, including that CD app, S-E-E-D-Y app, if you want to check it out and support that. Uh, and the ZeroAcre.com. Again, fascinating processes that are being developed. I like the innovation. Uh, but it, it's new. It's the first time we're encountering it. And again, thanks to uh, uh, Laban for connecting us on this subject and uh, with our new friend, Tucker Goodrich. Uh, also, uh, you know, if you've got to counteract the oxidative stress that comes from those bad oils and a lot of other things, I just want to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Babri, Babri Oren, 
Remember, he's originally from Tbilisi, Georgia, not the Georgia I grew up in. Uh, it was under the control of the Soviet Union at the time, and he was able to emigrate, escape, and go to Israel. And now he's in America doing extraordinary work with the Folium PX product line of products. They've got three different formulas that you get, you utilize, and it's a Chernobyl-level antioxidant. How do I know? Well, not only the science that validates it, but when my mom got on it, this is the big news. You know, at 80, she's now 89. And she suffered through the COVID three years. We don't know if it's COVID related with a lot of skin things, allergy things happening and uh, got her on a lot of good stuff. Some things that should have worked didn't. She got on the Folium PX at Baybury Center. And within a couple of weeks, she was describing more energy, better sleep. And by New Year's Day, January 1st, 2023, she was out dancing, celebrating the new year. And since then celebrated dancing on her birthday, January 29th, her 89th birthday. Folium PX, F-O-L-I-U-M-P-X.com. You want to talk about if it could help my mom at 89, what could it do for you? You guys, check it out. Use the code RSB10 or just call them and, uh, and say, hey, Robert Scott Bell sent you, and they'll take care of you, free shipping or 10% discount, whatever. I don't know, but you you will be cared for, and you will see the evidence of, of how well that supercharged antioxidant can do for you too, including radiation components, binding and excreting. That's why I call it Chernobyl level. So, folks, uh, I thank you for that. I thank you for everybody supporting those that support our message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. Uh, Jonathan Emord bringing it as he's on the road. Y'all check out emordforva.com. I'd love to see you at any or all of the fundraising events as we move forward on his campaign in support of, again, constitutional governance, lim limited governance, freedom, yes. Uh, and I'll be at the uh, Glendale LA event the 18th of February coming up and the March 6th event in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona. And you can check that out. Links are up in the show notes, or if you go to emord4va.com and check out the upcoming events tonight, West Palm Beach uh, with Jonathan Emord, Bill Falloon, and more. Uh, so we've got a bonus round coming up in just a moment. Uh, I don't know if there's any major breaking news stories. Super Don, I haven't had a lot of interaction during the show. It's been so busy uh, that uh, I might've missed something. We'll find out what that is after this break. If you guys are in the chat room, Show, show us some love, ask a question, give us some insight into what's going on out there. If you got a comment, we'll check it out as well. Thanks for being here. God bless you. Back in 60 seconds for those of you watching live, a blip if you're listening on the podcast later at robertscottbell.com. The power to heal is yours. All right, Super Don, checking in on you, my brother. How, how are you, Mr. Quiet Man? We didn't have a lot of time to interact today. It's okay. Just doing oh, my I, thing here behind the scenes. I, so. I miss it. And all the people that love you miss yeah. it. It's like, we're super deep. Oh, I'm good. I'm here. Okay, good. <laughs> well, do you need some pictures of puppies and kittens to lift that your was, spirits? I don't need pictures of puppies. I've got them. <laughs> yes, you so. do. Um, Yeah, so show went quick today. For it did me, anyway. Yeah. But, um, Blinking, it's over. Well, interesting stuff. Yeah. Do we have a meeting at the bottom of the hour yep, today? We do. We do. Okay. Yep. So we were, we're not going to go. A we full have half got hour. a meeting with an individual that's going to talk to us about uh, further streaming um, options. Okay. That we can take advantage of if we choose to do so for okay. broadcasting the show. So getting on TV or something? Something. Yeah. Okay. Some kind of streaming service. So. Okay. We're always open to looking at uh, other possibilities. So. Well, and thank you as well again, you guys and gals that are supporting us directly through Patreon or donations because some of these things do cost 
these services to be able to be on them. And yep. you know, we, we've seen the efforts of those to suppress and censor us. And that's still happening. Uh, we can't explain all of it, but we know that I know this message is not one that is looked on highly by our government bureaucrats that want to own and control you or us any more than the big pharmaceutical industry is happy when you find ways to heal genuinely without resorting to their pharmaceutical products. So, you know, it's, it, we acknowledge the obstacles. We don't focus on them, but we continue to innovate, try to find ways to have this message land for you and your family and friends that you'd love for them to know what we do here. So thank you also for sharing the show directly because we, we don't have, uh, you know, the budgets for pharmaceutical level PR firms. You know, grateful for Kevin Tuttle and all that he has done to help us as well. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. So, um, I don't know what's going on in the chat room. Let's take a quick I, I look here. Look. I can look. Steve is always bringing it. Thank you, Steve, for all your great comments. He says, don't forget about glutathione for eye health, including prevention of cataracts. Uh, also referencing Jamie Dorley's appearance just, uh, I think, yesterday, wasn't it? Uh, from Nutritional Frontiers, mentioning their product that has a Motheon in it, an ingredient in their proline greens, and uh, it's a stabilized, crystallized S-acetyl glutathione. So again, another thing that's stable to get in the system to help that facilitate the antioxidant production. There's a lot of innovation that has occurred, and I want you to know about all of it so you can avail yourself of those things. So, Yep. All right. So let's see what we got going on tomorrow. Tomorrow, dude, it's Friday already. How could Boom. that be? It's Friday again. Ta da! Insane. Wow. All right. So, what do you got going on? Oh, Kimberly Overton's on tomorrow. Oh, nice. I did not know that. Oh, yep. She got booked, uh, I think, today at the so last last minute. Kimberly Overton. Okay. Uh, and then Doug yeah. Hines and Ashley Gunderson will be on in hour two. Okay. Uh, Al Foreman. Oh, I got to do a radio show, record a radio show in the morning early yep. uh, with my friend Al. And he's got Save-A-Lot Nutrition in Margate, Florida, of all places, which is near Fort Lauderdale. I spent three and a half years in the early mid-70s there as a child, being barefoot year-round in Florida before before heading up to Georgia for 30 uh, at that point. But I remember, speaking of those years, uh, mosquito control in South Florida. They were, you know, they were spraying these fog trucks that would come through the neighborhood and all the kids in the neighborhood thought it was so awesome. And we would run behind the fog trucks, breathing in whatever they were spraying, <laughs> whether it was DDT or not, I don't know, but good Lord, yeah. you could see why I had so many health problems on top of everything else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have spraying for mosquitoes. It's like the, the thing I remember when I was a kid was, uh, the fruit fly Yeah, was a big deal. Oh, in California, yeah. and was they, it, they was had it the Mediterranean one. Do they remember that Mediterranean? I believe so. Place? Yeah, I believe so. And they, um, uh, it was what a big problem. Malathion or something. Malathion. They'd have uh, helicopters mm -hmm. flying around. Like I could remember being a kid and being in bed, and it was like I don't know four o'clock in the morning or something like that, and just yeah. helicopters flying around, spraying malathion everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And it was funny. That was right around the same time. Do you remember uh, we had a, a satellite, mm -hmm. Skylab? Remember the Skylab? Oh, yeah. Speaking of things falling from the sky. And it was funny. I, I don't know why it just, just popped right into my head, but I can remember being a kid. And it was right around the same time 
that the Malathion thing was going on in California. And so I remember waking up in the morning, hearing yeah. the sound of this, this helicopter flying over. And for a split second, because I'm a, I'm a kid and yeah. I just see them talking about Skylab and it was going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. I thought like Skylab had fallen down, you know, or, or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Skylab. When was the last time you wow. thought about Skylab? Right? A long time. You hope yeah. that they fell down and killed some fruit flies, but yeah. Yeah, at least take out a few. Oh, I forgot to mention the energy bits today. The chlor chlorella and spirulina. Mm -hmm. This stuff's freaking awesome. I mean, energybits.com, RSB 20, 20% off. Uh, this has been amazing. My wife has been getting energy that she hasn't gotten in years uh, with these energy bits. And and it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot. You know, one little compressed little tablet it's like a whole plate full of vegetables in terms of nutrient content nowadays. So super duper spirulina algae and uh, chlorella algae, uh, energybits.com and use the code RSB20 to get 20% off. And that'd be a good Valentine gift, don't you think? Energy bits? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Maybe, maybe energy bits and something else. Maybe it's because I have rose-colored glasses on today. Actually, Happy Valentine's Day or some energy bits. Yeah. No, not good. Better, better than a bowling ball. Yeah, I suppose. Unless she likes to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I see a question of the day from Yolanda coming in. Is this one to answer now in the bonus round or to answer tomorrow? It was about a, a two Where did it come in? It's on the website. Um, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so hang in there, Yolanda. Yep. If you're listening or watching, we'll respond tomorrow to your question about a two-year-old with lead exposure and mold yeah. exposure. What did you think about the AAP story? Dude, that really triggered me today. You know, that was one. Kevin uh, uh, brought that to put that put that in the Skype. I saw this, I don't know, it was last week or a couple weeks ago when it initially yeah. came out. Um, didn't make it into the show. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not surprised about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, with all the things that we've covered over the years of the AAP and, you know, well, oh, you got to do this and do that. It, you know, it's yeah. right in line with what it is they would recommend. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I mean, weight loss, obesity, it's been a problem for a really long time. Yeah. And, uh, when, it's, when it's were, actually, when were kids so obese in the history, you know, yeah. much less you've seen those pictures of just the average Americans on the beach in the 1970s. The beach, yeah. And you're like, yeah. we're all, we're all the super obese people. Now, they were on their way because it was a transition time, but man, it's been the lack of quality of food, the lack of minerals, a tie, all of that. It's just, yeah. No, so cool. it's a thing. And you know, there's another story that, that we have not talked about on this show yet. And I've, I've, I've attempted to try and, and get it into the, the running, but yeah, haven't been able to do it. Um, there are drugs out there that have become extremely popular for people to, to lose weight and they're diabetes drugs. They were designed to be diabetes drugs. Yeah. One of them is called Ozempic. And yeah, I've, I've seen the that. commercials on TV for it. Um, yeah, they, they take that, whoa, it's magic song, and they... Yes, they exactly. They, exactly. <clears throat> and so... earworm on it. What's happened is that it, it <clears throat> has caused people to lose weight because it, it it's like an appetite suppressant. Uh, and it's become very popular. And so what's happened is uh, all these doctors have been prescribing it as a weight loss drug, off basically off-label. Uh, and all of the people that have been wanting to use it for diabetes can't get it now because everybody's using it for weight loss. Yeah. 
And uh, I actually know, I actually know somebody that, that uh, has used it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'll admit it was, you, yeah, they definitely lost, they lost weight, but what they're finding out now mm-hmm. that when people are taking it long term, that it's uh, having negative side effects and it's causing something called ozempic face. Really? What does that look like? For some reason, it's it's targeting the the fat in the face, and it's such a rapid weight loss. Yeah, that it's it's making them look wrinkled and and old and stuff because of the 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 you know That's unnatural like, speed of the, of the of the the fat. You know what that reminds me of? The movie Death <laughs> Death Becomes Her. Remember that movie Death Becomes yeah. Her? Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, it's the proverbial deal with the devil. You know, maintain right. your youth and 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 svelte right. look, but do it synthetically, artificially. The cheating code, if you will. Yep. And my gosh, couldn't you just eat cleaner food? Oh no, that's too hard, Robert. We can't do that. You can't afford well, that. People have been searching for decades, and and drug companies have been trying to find yeah. that perfect pill, right? Because you know everybody wants to take a pill for everything. Yeah. So, you know, you, you want to lose weight, you know, you could go and you could exercise and eat different and blah, 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 or take a pill. What do you think a lot of people are going to do? Yeah. They're gonna take a pill. And I this know. is the reason why, and it's actually not even a pill. It's an injection, but, oh, man. um, yeah. yeah. So unfortunately they're finding out the, and the thing is, is dude, it's like $1,400 a month. See, people would rather think about how much organic non-GMO right. food you could eat for $1,400 <laughs> extra a month. But like, oh no, but it's not covered by insurance. $1,400 a month. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you Ozempic face. And if yeah. you suddenly go, you know, uh, listen, I can't afford this anymore because it's $1,400 a month. You stop taking it. Yeah. You all the way back where you are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. an artificial reality uh, manifesting in a body of, uh, you know, of the natural world, making it more artificial. It is like death becomes her. Yep. It, it just amazing. So anyway, anyway, yeah. I guess we don't need to cover it now because we just did, but it is, it's been a big thing in the news uh, lately. That's the, the, the weight loss uh, news of the, of the month. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, that's all I've got. I know we got to do this thing at the bottom of the hour. We probably need to take a quick break and then yeah. um, we'll do our meeting. But in the meantime, appreciate you guys tuning in and yeah. we'll be back tomorrow with a Friday show. Maybe I'll play the, uh, the Friday open. I haven't done that in a while. Yeah. Why not? Let's go for it tomorrow. It'll be fun. Yeah. And we got Kimberly Overton near nurse freedom network. Remember the 21st of February. It's one day before the official begin of the next steps conference. There's the nurse day. So if y'all Nurses out there aren't heading to Atlanta for that. You Get on it. Get on it. It'll be great. Look forward to seeing you all there. And God willing, less than 22 hours from now, we'll be back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. All right. See you tomorrow.